Hello. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of Art Lives. My name is Elizabeth Thielemotter, and on this podcast, I talk with artists one-on-one about their art, their lives, and how they navigate the world. The last Art Lives episode was posted last April. When the murders of Breonna Taylor, Tony McDade, George Floyd, and many others led to protests for racial justice this summer, I decided to pause the podcast to leave more room for the important, necessary conversations we're having about systemic racism and its devastations. The podcast website now features some anti-racist resources. They were very illuminating to me, and I encourage you to check them out. In addition, please let me know if you have further suggestions. Now I've decided to resume the podcast in order to help amplify voices of artists whose experiences may illuminate various aspects of our society and whose work might help orient us within and guide us through our current cultural reckoning. This episode features Aditya Kalyanpur, a North Indian classical tabla player and teacher. Aditya tells us about his training in India, challenges and pleasures as a touring musician, and his dedication to practice, otherwise known as shraddha, to riyas. We spoke last spring at the beginning of COVID, at the beginning of the quarantine, that is. So you will hear an international performing artist adjusting uh, in real time to new circumstances. You'll also hear someone speak about honoring mentors and tradition and the beauty of dedication to craft, all of which I think are important values for us to keep in mind as we move through these current times. Here is Aditya Kalyanpur. Right now, at the moment, I mean, I used to be in LA till, you know, last year. Okay, yes. Uh, Boston for about 10 years and uh, the five, six years LA and now I'm in Charlotte. Okay. I came here to uh, start my own music school, a branch. Yes. Like like the one I have in Boston. Yes. And then this whole lockdown thing and everything, you know. Yes. Okay. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, I wondered because I know that you travel a lot. And that is, of course, one thing I always like to ask people about. Um, but then I wasn't sure where you did end up. So, um, yeah, I mean, I came here first uh, March. Actually, I did uh, three concerts uh, before that. And then I came here and then I did one in Dallas on. 7th or 8th of March and then the whole thing was locked down. Yes, right. So, And I was in Charlotte and my school had just started. You know, I had like people who signed up to study with me and um, lots of things. So, you know, I had to figure out uh, my stay and you know how it is, you know. Wow. So it's all, it's all good. Oh my goodness. You you work through it. So, so if, if we weren't, going through this pandemic right now, what would you be doing in May? What were you planning to oh, do? I was, I was going to tour. I'm about 15 concerts of mine have been canceled so far. 
Oh no. <laughs> and I, and everything is now up in the air because yes. you know I right. don't know any anything about this year now. So Oh my goodness. Uh, no, and you know we've not heard back from anybody and nobody really knows what's going to happen for about a year or so I think. Yes, that's um so most of the time you teach your schools or private lessons and then otherwise you are performing is that right? I'm I mean I'm I'm mainly performing all the time. Yeah. Uh, I'm teaching students online even otherwise. Ah, online. Uh, yes. I'm I'm a little selective with how many students I can handle. Sure. Because of my touring because you know um, all weekends are generally gone or I'm in India mm-hmm. for a few months. Mm-hmm. And in India concerts happen every day almost, you know. <laughs> yes. In in the season time in the mm-hmm. winters and so I um, there is a limit to how much I can stretch myself with uh, you know accepting new enrollment. Certainly. So, but I have a music school I set up in Boston twelve years ago. Yeah. And uh, then I had I had a small uh, thing in LA when I was there myself. All those students are now online with me. Wonderful. And uh, Charlotte is something uh, I had planned to start a school last year. Okay. And uh, so I came here to kind of get it started, and one of my disciples was going to run the school aha uh-huh. because of the pandemic he had to stay back in india oh so, so we don't know yet what is going to happen so let's see i mean i'm i'm <laughs> i'm i'm okay with you know whatever uh, life has to offer we have to be oh happy goodness. and positive and work around it mm-hmm. you know uh, so would you, uh would you mind telling me a, a little bit about uh your beginning your training so i know I know a little bit, but would you kind of walk us through that? Sure. Okay. Um, you know, I started learning with one of the greatest uh, tabla giants of our times, you know, yeah. uh, the legendary Ustad Al-Arakha Khan Sahib. And I was a little kid when we went uh, to his institute in Mumbai. Okay. Uh, which was pretty close to my home in Shivaji Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, we... Uh, we entered the institute and i was a little little boy then and he, and he was surprised to see who is this kid you know <laughs> uh, so little because everybody else was at least age 10 and above aha uh-huh. so we went and met him and then um my parents told him he wants to study with you and he said such a little boy and you know what is he going to do so early Sure. Uh, let let me think about it, and we just sat. You know, he said, "Sit down for a while," mm-hmm. and we sat down, and for about three hours, he, you know, he forgot I was there. Good. Uh, he was teaching. I was still sitting where you know I was for three hours. I didn't move. That's right? impressive. <laughs> that alone that is, is impressive. <laughs> I, I think that is what really triggered you know yes uh, him to accept me as a disciple. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, after three hours, he realized. He looked at me and he said. Oh my god this guy is still here <laughs> you know and he, he talked to his youngest son Taufik bhai yes. Taufik Qureshi and he said are Taufik the, you know this little kid is still sitting here 3 hours he hasn't moved and uh, so what should we do <laughs> so Taufik bhai said well the fact that he is sitting here for 3 hours that means you know he has some you know love for this you know it's yes. uh, so you may want to give it a thought and i was already playing before that i was able okay. to uh, you know even as a 2 to 1 and a half year old uh, i was able to identify tabla taals and patterns uh-huh. 
and bowls by myself and kind wow. of re- reproduce them on the tabla remember teen tal ek tal dadra you no. know i already knew that and i was <laughs> you know i could play you know dada tita dada tinna just i mean i had heard and kind of started wow. uh, you know doing it on my own so there was a lot of interest uh-huh. that's when my parents said that there must be some special gift sure that, you know from god or from you know that for by birth the innate talent that you know he's drawn to tabla yes so he just looked at me and he said you want to learn i said yeah yes yeah, of course and he said uh, okay then come from tomorrow mm-hmm. so that was the start wow. i tell uh, my i tell my students at um in the us uh at universities um that alaraka school is the reason why at least in the beginning why americans were able to start learning um and and most americans have heard his playing even though they may not know that um that's we've true all, we've all heard his playing and so we are i am very grateful to him but then so he was your teacher from a young age that's amazing Yes I mean uh, it's very difficult you know over the year that bond grew so close and uh, you know he was um, very very we shared a very close bond mm. uh, you know more than a guru shishya wow. you know the the term guru and shishya yes uh, you know teacher and uh, the disciple relationship it went beyond because mm. you know uh, it was more like a grandfather and grandson we we shared the same age difference that i did with my grandparents Mm-hmm. and uh um it's very hard to describe you know the 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 connect that i shared with him mm-hmm. it was uh, very divine i would say to wow. you know, he yeah. gave i mean he gave me so much of love and affection and so much of talim training you know as they say yes and uh, he 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 so much believed in me and my uh, talent and my ability and you know that uh, that i will you know one day be able to take this forward and uh, take it up as a profession and you know take his legacy and uh, you know his music uh, to the next generation he always said that to me ki you know you will you will do it right and you will do it correct and you will take it ahead and mm. you will uh, you know teach uh, take my teachings to yes. the next generation you know uh, so uh, i was very blessed i you know he came my home in india in mumbai yeah. you know, for a, for a month when uh, uh-huh. his his house was under renovation oh my goodness so for a month uh, you know he came and stayed and my my mother would cook for him <laughs> he would cook for us uh, so it was uh, you know he, he would want he would tell us recipes he would ask our recipes uh, you know his uh, he uh, the cooking at his home was different from the one at mine sure uh, you know our uh, different community so different uh, you know dishes different mm-hmm. uh, recipes di- different preparations so he always asked my mother oh what are you going to make tomorrow for breakfast <laughs> uh, can you make this south indian uh, you know upma or dosa or something mm-hmm. and then uh, my mom would say ki oh, of course you know and uh, okay and she would tell him okay for lunch or dinner i'm probably going to make some chicken for you Uh, how would you like it and you know what do you suggest or so he would come and stand in the kitchen and guide my mother <laughs> and say okay do this you know put you know put put the chilies 
okay put the peppers or put the you know all the coriander leaves and he was like he was like okay now put the chicken now put a little oil so it was i mean we completely forgot that this giant this legend yes. of tabla um was actually like a grandfather to me wow my oh my goodness and i was with the by his side even when he passed mm. you know so wow uh, so a very um, a very ethereal bond mm. hard to put it in words and uh, that's how that journey began till yeah. till his till his passing you know and we are so blessed those of us who get to have deep relationships with mm-hmm. teachers and then if somebody says to you i'm giving you my trust and i know you're going to be able to pass it on that's a very big honor yeah and for some reason he gave you know he gave that uh, trust and showed that trust in me even when i was uh, you know maybe 10 11 or 12 wow. years old that's when uh, you know i was about 10 years old when you have that official tying of you uh-huh. know the the thread Right, which is called Ganda Bandhan. Yes, official official discipleship. That's right. And uh, and he kept saying that you know we are going to do your Ganda Bandhan uh, because it has to come from the guru, and you know you know the guru mm-hmm. should feel at some point that this guy is serious about what he does, mm-hmm. and he's going to you know uh, give his life to the music. Yes. So uh, unless he feels so confident in somebody, the guru will not recommend that. Right. You know, so I was blessed that I was about ten years old when uh, he said, "Okay, you know, now it's time to do your Ganda Bandhan," and and I was so blessed that uh, Abaji, as we called him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Sadalaraka, yes, uh, Abaji and Zakir Bhai both uh, did the Ganda Bandhan to me. Oh wow! Uh, they both were there, and they both uh, you know blessed me, and both accepted me as an official disciple. Um, it was like uh, you know abaji tying the, the ganda to zakir bhai and zakir bhai tying the ganda to me oh my goodness and we we have photos of that happening oh wow and uh, so that was the ritual and that was you know uh, the the uh, how the whole thing happened that's wonderful i wish we did so, that i wish yeah. i wish we did that in in the west with our teachers but i'm sure i mean you know uh, it's a matter of time that uh, people start uh, uh, recognizing these rituals and mm-hmm. you know the the the, the you know the the, uh, the the essence behind it yes right you know mm-hmm. and and, and uh, you know the shraddha you know you know the word shraddha the dedication shraddha. yes the dedication and you know uh, the behind and 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 that uh, and that bond between disciples and uh, gurus right yeah that's wonderful um now i was i was going to ask you i'm going to ask you a question i was saving for later but that what you speak about um is the way that people studied traditionally tabla a long time ago so in mumbai now is is tabla still taught at his school the way you learned it is it still taught there the same way oh yes it is still taught there and you know his second son tabla maestro ustad fazal qureshi right uh, you know runs the institute and you know he has been extremely involved in that process and so, uh, he imparts knowledge to the next generation there 
So I assume that they know people like you are teaching online, mm-hmm. which is a very different mode of teaching. Um, have you have you talked about that? Have have do um, because there's something that teachers here are talking a lot about ever since uh, the pandemic started is what do we gain and what do we lose if, uh, by teaching online? And here you are doing something very different from how you learned, or is it not that different? See, the thing is, it's not that different, yeah. except for the fact that it's online and it's not in person. Yeah. But uh, what you are probably envisioning is a, a gurukul system where mm-hmm. the guru and the students all stayed in one place. Right. And, you know, from morning to evening, like a gurukul train. Uh, I wasn't trained uh, uh, ah. in something like that. Okay. You the institute to... had times, uh, you know, timings. I would go from 5 to 8 in the evening. Yeah. And uh, it was twice a week. It was like a regular class. Uh, so, of course, it was in his presence. And he taught me one-on-one and many mm-hmm. times. And, you know, when the relationship blossomed and evolved, I was, you know, by his side, uh, twenty. I mean, you know, the whole day and night. Sure. At times, you know, I would even sometimes stay back at his home or, you know, but uh, not at the institute. The institute was uh, a, a place given to uh, him by the government. So it had restrictions right. of time and uh, it was it was run as a, uh, uh, just, you know, in the evenings. So literally the timing or the hours are about the same for you yeah Yeah. Uh and um, i also think it's a matter of convenience because i i generally tend to teach uh, you know advanced or highly advanced students Mm -hmm. so they have probably learned from somebody for a long time sure and then they come to me for advanced lessons or or you know they're at intermediate level and they want to further their skills Yes. So, uh, so they have already spent a few years with their respective gurus. Right. And, uh, they can... and then I'm able to teach them online. Yeah, sure. They're ready. They're ready for that. And they're already self-directed. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Good. Um, so when did you come to the U.S. Uh, first, uh... the first time? I came in 2002, sorry, okay. with the great legendary vocalist, Dr. Prabha Atreji. Ah, okay. You was know, that just, I'm sorry, I should let you speak. No, no, it's all right. <laughs> uh, it was the tour of three months, uh, my uh-huh. first trip. So I was playing 18 concerts with her. Wow. And um, what a great experience it was to be traveling, touring and being around her. So that was the first time I came. Then I came again. In six months, I came again with the great, you know, greatest violinists of India, the, the South Indian and North Indian brother and sister pair, you know, Dr. T.N. Krishnan and Dr. N. Rajamji. Yes. Uh, I came with them for a month's tour uh, within like, you know, six months of my tour with Prabhaji. And then again, within six months, I came with the great vocalist Pandit Ajay Pavankarji in 2003 4 you know and uh, so that's when i moved to boston after that tour okay because uh, i did a small workshop when i was in boston for the organization who had sponsored us mm-hmm. and they had a great response there was like so many uh, you know 
a young tabla players who signed up to study with me yes so in that process uh, you know that uh, the the organization a person asked me uh, why don't you move to the us why don't you teach mm. uh, you know we will have so many students and you can you'll be fine you'll you'll do fine <laughs> and that was already in my mind because you know i was playing with some of the greatest classical musicians back home yeah and uh, i was also wanting to kind of explore you know life uh, and see you know what uh, how it is to be in the us and mm. we had heard of all the great masters of indian classical music having a base in the us sure like pandit ravi shankar ji ustad ali akbar khan sahab ustad vilayat khan sahab my guru ustad alarakha khan sahab mm. my guru ustad zakir husain khan sahab all had you know a home in you know us was always their base with right. along with india so you know you kind of want to emulate that same example sure <laughs> so that was always in my mind and i said well you know by god's grace i'm doing so well in india i'm playing with some of the greatest musicians at such a young age so even if i come and teach her i cannot live here for 12 months i can only come for 7 8 months yes then the winters 3 4 months i have to go to india and if that kind of arrangement is fine then i will you know come sure so they said oh sure you know winters boston very cold oh yes <laughs> you should it's okay you can go back you can do your concerts mm-hmm all that happened and then wow i went back so you've been doing that do you still go back in the winter for the season oh yes last 70 80 years i've been going back and forth every, oh my goodness not a missed a single year by god's grace could you explain a bit more uh to those of us who have never been to india for those winter months could you explain um even just one concert what that what the difference might be well i honestly you know elizabeth i don't know if there's a difference you know yeah. anywhere, everywhere in the world audiences audience the love is the, what we artists get the blessings is what we get it's all over the world mm-hmm. it's just that it's the time of the year when all the indian artists are in india wow uh, all are performing all are traveling and touring a lot of huge festivals are happening mm-hmm. every you know every second day or every day and you meet end up meeting a lot of musicians and you know late nights and music wow. and so much learning and traveling and early morning flights and <laughs> it's like being on tour for 3 4 months continuously <laughs> but you know i mean it's it's always wonderful to play in india and there are a lot of people who understand the music understand the nuances of it they want to they really know how to appreciate uh, you know your craft and how to um, give you uh, you know the um, right appreciation at the right time sure. of, you know of the performance so that is maybe something that uh, you know uh, probably as you ask me how it feels it that's the only thing that is probably different but i feel every culture has their own way of appreciating artists and art you know here you uh, in the us people uh, they like to clap at the end of it and it goes on for 10 minutes <laughs> you also give a standing right. ovation and you 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 are so overwhelmed by the love you know mm-hmm. uh, and they feel it, it it's not right to clap in between and disturb the musician so so you know it's different cultures and sure. it's uh, so um, 
i'm you know as artists uh, as long as we you know we get the appreciation and we get the love we are happy to perform anywhere in the world <laughs> you know it's of course very very special yeah. to be welcomed and appreciated in your own country and to be recognized for your effort mm-hmm. and uh, i mean uh, it, it it it's all an amazing experience that hmm. sounds pretty wonderful so everybody kind of goes back home for a couple months every year yeah from Reunites. november to march most um, most of the musicians are in india nobody very comes nice. here to tour or travel it's mm-hmm. also very cold right oh my goodness wisconsin is terrible awful it's just uh it's whenever i live in the south then i think why do people live there and um it's only because people must but it does not make sense when we're here it's pretty pretty silly um but it's beautiful right now yes uh, summers are beautiful yeah. uh, so is uh, north carolina i think north carolina uh, is always like this uh, i think so winters uh, that's why i'm kind of i'm feeling that this is a nice mix of la and boston yeah you know the, the days are the, during the day it's like i'm in la and the nights are cool like i'm in boston <laughs> good So Good. you never know I might just end up staying here I don't know <laughs> yet let's see So you this normally would be a time that you would be touring and performing um yes, in the US in the US and for you how normally how far in advance do you uh set your tours um or get your dates It all depends you know uh it's anywhere between 6 months to a year Uh-huh. uh but of course when i'm touring in india it's very different uh, you know dates get finalized maybe even a month or a week before oh. or uh, so you okay. know uh, so there's a lot of fun with that too you know sometimes sure. something just comes up some event is just happening nice. all of a sudden some somebody is visiting or somebody is uh, in honor of somebody or so uh, here i mean it's far more uh, you know it's planned well in advance yeah uh, everybody's schedule and uh, is taken into consideration uh, so 6 uh, months to a year okay so some of these concerts that uh, i was uh, to play in this month in in fact in california i was booked uh, you know last uh, fall yes yeah so yeah but they all got cancelled so yeah i'm um i had things in july and august that are canceled and um it's very strange um yeah so you um, you teach percussions and you play all kinds of world percussions right i i do play classical uh western classical percussion um wow. but i uh play and teach some um steel pan from trinidad and wow. um i get to teach a lot of music from senegal i am certainly not a hereditary musician but because there are not many senegalese experts in the us i get to teach it and that's very wonderful so that's amazing um, i i've been i hope lucky. i get to uh, 
watch you play or teach <laughs> and bo or both uh, sometime very soon you know thank you i think it would be wonderful to play with you i was able to study tabla for uh, a bit for a year but i had to stop um because of an injury so i oh it's a love of mine but i'm not a player but uh i taught in in trinidad last year and i was able to see some wonderful uh indian music there um, oh that's wonderful Yes, yeah. The uh, there's a lot of wonderful Indian classical music alive and well in Trinidad and Tobago. That's great to know. Yeah. Um the uh this pandemic notwithstanding, um you have this very busy touring life and now you say you've done this for many years. So how do you stay how do you say healthy while you do this many people that's, that's a good very good question and sometimes i do feel unhealthy to be honest okay yeah you know there are months and years that go by without exercise or you know mm-hmm. uh, watching my weight or you know kind of uh, watching what i eat and things like that so yeah in fact one of my main goals to come uh, you know come back in march this year was then to join a gym uh-huh. and, and i even went to register with the gym and i said oh, you know what wait let me try for a day if i like the gym and i i didn't kind of like the gym so i said maybe you know in a day or two i'll go to another one and then we said lockdown uh-huh. so but then i i walk every day good um, but i still don't you know feel that uh, <clears throat> uh, you know uh, motivation like it's uh, working out in a gym yeah well, i just joined right before everything was locked down same oh my god yeah same thing it's it's uh difficult when we are um busy in an, and our schedule changes all the time yeah yeah um and the the food is something that is very difficult i find when i'm on tour especially internationally um so that's been something i've spoken with some friends a lot um i don't know if you have dietary restrictions but oh by god's grace i don't uh, you know and uh, hopefully i won't I, you know i kind of try to drink a lot of water when i get up yes just a, a liter and a half i i drink that uh every day when i get up and that kind of you know helps me clean the system very uh, smart all the toxins i've been doing i've been actually doing that for 25 years ah uh-huh. i started i still remember i started drinking like uh, you know water on waking up when i was about 15 years old wow that's very smart for a 15 year old <laughs> you know so um um i feel when i don't do that then i feel unhealthy yeah uh i'm trying to drink a lot of water and i've always since 15 i was actually going to the gym and all that but you know sometimes you just uh, you just get so busy and mm-hmm. in your own riyas and practice and mm-hmm. you know a new ideas and new creative stuff and you know you just become lazy and you get and you get kind of go into that zone and you just stop you know thinking about anything but you know music and your work and food you know and musicians right. and food go hand in hand you know <laughs> all musicians first talk about food and what's going to happen where are we going for dinner 
<laughs> yeah, I, that's very accurate. <laughs> so, uh, and that's the only thing I'm really crazy about <laughs> is my my myrias and food. I don't drink al- I don't drink alcohol or no cigarettes, no smoking, no drugs ever, no nothing. I haven't even tried all that. Yeah, me so, too. <laughs> so, food is the only thing that kind of keeps uh, me, uh, you know, excited. Apart yes. from my music, I understand. <laughs> so it's very difficult if someone says to go on a diet and not do this and not do that. Especially so. then if you tour and someone says, "Oh, you have to try this food at the restaurant next door," or you're playing in a in a restaurant and they say, "Have you tried the such and such that they have here? It's amazing." Well, I can't I can't say no. Well, and also, you know, as artists, we get pampered so much by our, you know, by our presenters and organizers. Yeah. You know, they love to feed us, and you know, yes. you know how it is with you know Indian families and Indian culture. Uh, you know, they really, really um, go all their way out to, you know, treat you so, so, so well and so uh, with so much kindness. Very nice. There's like <laughs> ten meal, ten different kinds of meals, and you know, ten different kinds of dishes, and ten meals like there's chicken and there's fish and then there's wow. this and then there's that, and like you know, it can go endlessly. Wow. So it's very difficult to kind of restrict oneself when, along with music, that is also your passion. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that's a social element too, because. Uh, that's an, another thing I have found when I am traveling, um, especially internationally, that's a wonderful way to connect with people. So yeah. that's very, um, it would be rude, but it would uh, to say no. And it would also be um, very unpleasant to say no. So True. So, I mean, I'm, I'm never in a position to say no because I just love food. <laughs> so I just uh, go for it. <laughs> Yeah, I try to then walk the next day, or you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but sleep is something I find it difficult to live without. Yes, right. And uh, uh, it gives me a hard time. It, I mean, I look really weird if I don't sleep. You know, my face right. looks um, mm, so bloated, or you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> it, it looks. I look very different when I haven't really slept too well. So how do you, do you have tricks for that when you are traveling? I really don't. I struggle because, you know, sometimes you're catching flights and then going straight to the concert or straight to the sound check or then on next day morning you have another flight and uh, you slept for two hours and then you can't sleep in the plane and, you know, so many things Mm -hmm. sometimes. So... Hmm. Um, and I, 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 I've never been a morning person, so me neither. Uh, I can't just get up in the morning. I just can't uh, uh, ever do that. So, do you have a favorite? You play many different types of music. You always play your instrument. Um, does it feel like you're playing different types of music, or do you feel like you're always just playing your music with other people? You know, I always feel music is so universal. Yes. Music is just music. You know, whether it's uh, any genre, Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know of course they have you know their own characteristics and they have their own beauty and their own sound and their you know the, they have their own thing going on but at the end of it uh, you know when you play you just play from your heart you know you just want to be a part of that genre whichever it is yeah and uh, i don't think any genre makes me feel different or out of mm. place or out of sync i just nice. feel i can blend into uh, you know be it jazz be it pop be it mm-hmm. uh, hip hop be it indian classical music be it folk music uh, you know i have played all these genres uh be it recording for bollywood be it recording for hollywood yeah uh, you know it uh, it never sometimes it sometimes doesn't even occur to me that it's a different genre to be honest you, know, I, you are just yeah. you just you just try to uh, you know you instantly just connect with it you know you instantly mm-hmm. feel it within you you just feel that genre you know you just feel the music those notes and you know you just blend in and you just you know you open your tabla and you start playing and uh, you're done you know sometimes <laughs> and they are like oh wow this was just perfect yeah i think that some of us uh who play instruments that um are are do fit with or are used in many kinds of music are so lucky for that reason um i think that uh it's a wonderful gift and um yeah as long as i'm working with people who are kind and dedicated then i think sometimes i'm aware that i have to dress you know fancy or not but otherwise it's uh seems to be the same if the people are equally nice and yeah i think it's all about just uh, blending in it's about gelling it's about uh, complementing each other you know that's what is mu- mm-hmm. that's what music is all about mm-hmm. it's not uh, it's there's nothing else to it it's just trying to be together you know being it sound try to be one did you learn about that when you were studying when you were a child uh is that the kind of thing um that you learned at from from alaraka did you did you talk about being being an artist or being a musician well uh, not uh, nothing in specific nothing specifically about yeah. you know that but i mean uh, just being around him it was about a way of life it was yes. a way if it was a life about a musician it was life in music it was life about music so um, it was all about just making music creating music Mm-hmm. you know being in that uh, um, you know that whole environment where there was nothing but music around him and i mean he uh-huh. was music and what he created was music so sure so um so obviously it was uh, it was given that uh, you know somewhere uh, one has to um, you know beat any genre of music one has to uh, be able to adapt to that one has to be able to fit into that one has to be able to um complement that because you know the the role of a tabla player is always to accompany in indian classical music mm-hmm. so basically the our job is to complement what the instrumentalist or the vocalist is doing yes right so automatically you're you're trained to blend in 
yeah. you're trained to uh, observe analyze and um, you know take cognizance of what is required to do to make the music better or for it to sound one nice right so so you don't have to uh, make a special effort to do something else you don't have to make a no. special effort for one style or another the skills yeah. are the same you're trained as a tabla player to listen mm-hmm. uh, to observe and to kind of prepare yourself uh, to play the complementing role yeah it makes sense so that uh, that you can uh, adapt in, in 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 any in any kind of setting right perfect so i don't think um, that was a hard uh, learning experience it was mm-hmm. natural progression and how about the the values of of uh, being a a uh, a moral musician being a good uh uh easy to work with or being professional as we say um is that modeling is that was that taught by your teachers just modeling and you seeing that do is it ever discussed uh, it was uh, just following their example yeah it was just uh, seeing what they did observing what they did about being punctual or you know being on time and commitment and professionalism i mean it just was something that i just had you know observed and i think genetically also i probably uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know was a very punctual uh, i'm a very punctual man and uh, yeah uh, i'm a very committed person to whatever i do sure so it didn't have to it wasn't something very difficult for me to observe and adapt and you know implement do you find that uh the students that study with you now um are similar that do you find that they're self-selecting or do you find that you have to talk about those things i ask because i feel like i i talk about it more now with my students than i did when i was a student but maybe i'm don't remember i mean i feel that uh students are qu- quite committed i mean at least uh, the ones i uh, train good and those who studied with me or study with me or uh, and those who are really very serious you know i i i am right. um, those are the ones who really uh, you know end up coming to study with me yeah they already uh, are and um, that is something i always uh, ensure that uh, they are really committed to learning this because it's not an easy uh, easy process and it's not uh, something that one can acquire overnight mm-hmm. so uh, <laughs> but you know today's times are very different there are a lot of options mm-hmm. many people uh, i mean in my uh, young days i mean you can't imagine tabla being self taught you know you had to go to a teacher but nowadays i get enquiries when people say oh i am self taught i learned tabla by myself and it's a mess yes sometimes <laughs> to be honest they have no idea what's going on but uh, the generation sometimes you know people feel so confident that they feel oh you know they're doing a great job and when i actually you know kind of evaluate or to a trial lesson i am like oh my god this is total mess well just because you have 
the the supplies doesn't mean that you have the knowledge, you know. And one thing we have a lot of in this country, especially, is supplies. So people can get supplies their hands on the drum. <laughs> supplies and it's also you know confidence in the wrong places sometimes. True. Or True. overconfidence, and in you know in saying. Oh, you know, I've been playing tabla for eight years. Okay, who taught you? YouTube. <laughs> YouTube taught me. Oh, okay. And then they want to learn and then they feel that, you know, uh, some sense of, uh, um, you know, they feel entitled to be taught at a advanced level or something when their absolute basics are a mess. Yes. And uh, today's culture, today's world is all about so much of diplomacy and, you know, it's business oriented and everything that nobody wants to even hear the fact that, oh, this is trash. Yes. You yeah. know, I, I mean, when we grew up in India, uh, we were told if something was trash, this is trash, you better fix it. Aha. Right. Okay. But today's culture is such or today's generation is such that people don't have the patience or the um, you know the capacity to listen to the truth many times <laughs> yes i feel that i mean we have we have a lot of conversations about um we are having a lot of conversations in in general in higher education in the us about um what we should leave in the past and what we should uh maybe some some of the practices of the past should stay there but uh sometimes the new new ways of teaching are not helpful either and i think that you said we've been diplomatic i think perhaps to a fault uh, at times um i think so too because you know uh, i mean i was great, i mean i was uh, blessed that my guru uh, you know abaji never ever got upset with me mm-hmm. Um, but I saw him get upset with a lot of other of my ah. fellow students when they would messed up and he really lost it and he would really get upset and he would really tell them that you know, if this is how you want to play and this is how you want to practice, don't come and study with me. Oh, that's very direct. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, what's wrong with that? I feel... Um, it's fine to tell someone that if you if you don't want to be committed and you don't want to work hard at it, then why learn? Yeah. Why waste time of a great master if you don't want to dedicate yourself to it? I don't find anything wrong with it. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, so that that generation was very upfront, was very transparent. You know, our grandparents told us that oh. This is what you're supposed to do. This is not what you're supposed to do. Today's yeah. culture, you know, kids, even two, three-year-olds are told, oh, great, you're doing fine. <laughs> this is wonderful. Oh, you played Dha in class. You played Tita in class. You know, it's it's like, oh, my God, you know. And then within three months, people want to perform. They want to do recitals. We spent <laughs> eight and ten years just learning, learning, learning without questioning uh, our gurus about Anything they taught us. Yes, right. Or didn't teach us, you know. It was like, whatever they say, practice. Mm-hmm. A few years, follow in their path. And once you are equipped to understand and, you know, have deeper knowledge, 
then you will uh, evolve automatically right you will find your calling you will find your identity you will find your expression uh, i think it naturally happens if you if you spend 10 or 12 years under mm-hmm. you know a master's uh, supervision i think that happens and then eventually you you know you find your own sound right. uh, your own creativity your own you know your own repertoire so i don't know what the hurry is for some people i think that's well said the hurry yes some some people and i've met some students who feel um almost worried that if they don't hurry up they will um they will miss it they will be too late i don't know what they will miss <laughs> it takes time to develop craft yes yeah it is hours of rigorous practice and years and decades of i mean even today if i practice for 3 or 4 hours i feel so disappointed that i was only able to practice for 3 or 4 hours because i have so much else going on i run a school i run a mm-hmm. non-profit organization i run an online school i have to work on my future concerts i have to create something new i have to do some administration work for my school i have to do administration for my own concerts you know i have to prepare invoices i have to prepare this i have to do work on my website i have to update my facebook i have to do mm-hmm. my social media so much to do right mm-hmm. and i mean you know 24 hours and uh, and then after 3 4 hours of practice you're like oh i wish i could do more <laughs> yeah the i feel that every day after practice i mean i feel like i just got started and suddenly i look at the time and i'm like oh in 10 minutes i have a class to teach aha uh-huh. so or i have yes. just 45 minutes so let me go for a quick walk and come back because then i have classes till 9 in the night right that i was going to ask uh what your personal practice what what would you prefer to do what if uh, you had a full day free how much would you practice at least 8 to 10 hours that sounds wonderful <laughs> if i was told that somebody will take care of everything yes all you have to do is practice uh eat yeah exercise and sleep i will uh, i won't be more thankful than that to that yeah. person who can help <laughs> me do that and say you know all your emails and all your work and all your pro, you know social media and everything i'm going to do all you do is practice for 10 hours a day don't get up from there you know and if someone says okay we're going to pay you $10,000 per month. Yeah. Don't worry about anything. Just do your practice. Sure. How nice that would be. <sighs> Can you imagine uh, Usad Alaraka doing his emails? I cannot. Oh my goodness. He never made even a single call. Oh, really? <laughs> that makes even, sense. He wasn't sure also how to dial those <laughs> landline phones. Uh, I would call on his behalf. Of course, of course. Or somebody could. from the family would call, you know, before I uh, was so involved in his life, you know. Mm. So I feel that age and stage, that generation could yeah. fully focus on what they did. They didn't have to worry about smartphone. Right. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I feel like disconnecting from, you know, social media, but 
but there is always out of sight out of mind people want to see updates or so four days you don't uh, you know post something people start messaging you say why haven't you posted something are you okay is everything all right uh, you know you are by yourself in the us is everything okay and there was a time i kind of you know, closed all my social media whatsapp everything i shut for 15 days oh wow uh, i said uh, you know i'm going to only practice this was now in charlotte wow and then suddenly i decided you know um, this is a good time to uh, come up with some online projects sure i like you know like you are interviewing me i started interviewing uh, every twice a week i interview mm-hmm. uh, tabla players of different uh, schools i saw that from, from india you know yes. so i thought it's such a good way to kind of uh for youngsters for the next generation to hear stories and life experience about all these you know incredible musicians of our times mm-hmm. because uh not everybody gets interviewed not everybody mm-hmm. gets uh, time to talk about their life and everybody has given so much time and effort to uh their life in rhythm as i've called it dha a life in rhythm is yes. what i called and one is called in the green room so i'm doing do, you know right. two of these online projects because uh, uh, both uh, you know essentially mean back behind the scenes kind of a thing and uh, there is so much you know if uh, if someone had to see one day in my life if they had to see what all i did they would wonder oh my god how how much can one do well that's something i like to ask people um can you tell can you share what you did today sure um the first thing as i said i get up i drink one and a half liters of water and uh, then i meditate uh, you know after i do that for uh, 20 minutes and uh, then i have my tea and i have my you know breakfast and mm-hmm. then i sit down for my riyas my practice mm-hmm. and uh, that goes on for at least 2 to 3 hours uh given a, you know if possible or uh, my day starts with teaching online couple sure. of my morning students uh, you know the ones in california who are want to do <laughs> early morning class right <laughs> their work starts so yep. i teach a couple of hours then i go back to my riyas mm. then i go for a walk uh you know for a 45 minutes and an hour nice then i come back and then you know i again do my riyas for 2 3 hours and then i start teaching my evening session which goes on from like 4 4:30 to about 8 o'clock oh my and then at 8:15 i start speaking to elizabeth <laughs> it's a full day it is a full day uh so i mean there is still uh, in, uh, in between you know just after lunch or maybe i'm checking my emails mm-hmm. i'm planning what to post on my social media uh, uh you know preparing the flyer or you know discussing my flyer with the person who helps me with the artwork mm-hmm. uh, as to who the next artist is contacting you know my fellow musicians to say hey would you like to be part of this project and so i spoke to a couple of artists this morning from india to see mm-hmm. if they were available on a specific date wow. or, you know so all this and then emails inquiries you know students wanting to study from all over the world whoever writes to me so i'm responding to their that and um, you know um, then i did my laundry 
Yeah, so you have to do that stuff too. <laughs> yeah, then uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, kind of par- partially cleaned up my room because <laughs> you know, I get so engrossed in my work that I don't. I just forget that. Okay, you know, I have to clean my room too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that. That's that. And then dinner, and then maybe an hour of you know something on Netflix, just you know, to kind of unwind and calm, yeah. you know, calm, calm myself. from continuous playing and teaching and you know so um and then then when it's time for bed i'm back to my social media right yes <laughs> and then i'm update you know uh, uploading something on youtube i find you know i'm going you know because of this pandemic and the break i'm kind of uh, you know i opened all my external hard drives So, oh and i'm going through all my childhood stuff you know i've been posting some old pictures with ustad alaraka if you've seen on instagram you know i was mm-hmm. something when i was 10 years old or something when i was 15 years old i'm performing so uh, i'm finding old videos which you know mm-hmm. all these years they were only being saved so i never had the time to kind of go through it and then i'm seeing a lot of old videos of uh, you know great ma- some other great masters in 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 mumbai teaching me tabla wow. uh, you know uh, giving me information giving me some traditional compositions mm-hmm. uh, or some of my compositions that i com- composed you know few years back but uh, i just you know recorded it and saved it in the hard drive yep so i'm getting a chance to kind of retrieve all that revive all that and i i mean apart from the fact that you know it's it's a terrible time for humanity and everything is come to a standstill and we have to be careful i think personally for everybody uh, you know who who are financially doing pretty okay right uh, you know uh, should kind of uh, take this time to uh, reflect go inwards work on their music work on things they've never done you know uh, look into the hard drives i'm seeing photos of my birth i'm seeing photos of my you know my naming ceremony uh, my my mother who's no more i'm seeing her photos from my parents wedding so all these things you know i i never got a chance in the last 25 years i've been traveling and touring to even see things i myself have done and mm-hmm. uh, and and i the good thing about me is i'm very particular about documenting moments yes you know i i have always uh, i've um, had to re- invest a lot in gadgets and you great. know ever since they came out and you know handycam the sony and you <laughs> yeah. know the olympus and uh, you know spent thousands of dollars but i have archived my life you know in the last 25 years that's so, wonderful for so his all that all that is there and i get a chance to uh, you know upload whatever i want to youtube cool. and by god's grace there are so many people who are uh, so keen to know about my yeah. uh, you know my music uh, for the last 30 years or so mm-hmm. uh, that uh, i am able to now kind of you know uh, you know give them a few glimpses of all that i've done in the last so many years yes i can think of many people that I know personally who will be very excited to see the things that you that you're talking about and the interviews that you're doing with all of those tabla players and teachers um that's that's a, a very important archiving for the future yes that's why i've been saving it on uh, youtube i've been saving the files uh, on my hard disk i've been saving it 
on uh, instagram tv mm. uh, you know all this as a series so mm-hmm. you know people can always keep watching learning listening to them uh, you know everybody has such a wonderful story to tell everybody has such a journey and everybody mm-hmm. has put in their hard work and you know their life and soul into uh, you know and everybody is doing it at 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 their level you know everybody nobody can be uh, somebody else you know everybody has their own parameters everybody has their own destiny and their you know their own uh, own life yeah so not everybody's can be archived everybody's cannot be documented uh, but everybody uh, has given uh, you know their soul to it and which is what i want to salute and recognize through this and i have known most of them for 30 years you know they have seen me as a child grow up mm-hmm. uh, you know under abba ji and zakir bhai and then i did the famous tea commercial advertisement right. with zakir <laughs> bhai when i was 10 years old so uh, you know i have known all these tabla players and musicians in the fraternity and industry for so many years now That's so wonderful. and i've known them on a, all on a personal level right mm-hmm. like eating lunch and dinner and mm-hmm. so many things hanging out and going and traveling touring so it's very easy for me to kind of ask them questions about uh, you know things that i know they are very passionate about right or, or people who are very important to them it could be their mother or their brother or mm-hmm. their son or their wife or you know uh, somebody who inspires them so Uh, i feel wonderful that and i've also you know faced uh, in a good way i've faced all their kindness uh, you know sure. all these uh, maestros and fellow fellow musicians so it feels wonderful that i'm able to uh, you know ask them about their life too because they know about my life i don't know about most of their lives sure sure that's a a beautiful i think it's a beautiful thing to do um my one of my teachers um made it one of his life's mission to um record the life stories of musicians in Senegal which is why I got a chance to start learning uh myself and um that's something that we're going to start doing is he did it before YouTube existed and so so now we're hopefully going to be putting things out there for the public in in the same way i think it's a wonderful um gift that we can give to the world um i i i really hope so i mean you know i i thought uh, uh, the lockdown is uh, the time when uh, people have the time to kind of you know open up and talk about themselves and their lives and this would be a great time when people also have the time to listen to it and watch it live <laughs> um, you know because uh, uh, everybody is otherwise just running around here and there uh, busy you know uh, yeah. leading their life so now everybody has some time to watch all these things but i mean the whole uh, internet platform is so flooded it's so inundated with so True. much of stuff i mean uh, i don't know how people are going to uh, you know give time to individual projects uh it's 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 just uh, just going berserk i feel that is true i mean how do you uh what would you like to see the same or 
or change a little coming out of this pandemic? Um, well, I mean, whatever effort I could do to make a change, you know, I'm doing through these projects. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I would not want, uh, I would really not want musicians to perform for free on the internet. <laughs> I really don't want them to do that. I mean, each of them uh, have put in hours and, uh, you know, uh, effort to reach wherever they are at their you know, respective uh, standard and uh, their stature, you know, respective stature. And I think it's just unfair uh, to expect uh, musicians to play for free. I mean, if if it's a small lecture demonstration kind of a series, you know, like the one right. I'm doing where people talk about their life mm-hmm. and demonstrate small, you know, bits and pieces about their inspirations and talk about it. It's, sure. a, diff- it's a different concept. But to do like an hour or 45 minutes or half an hour of a concert free just because, you know, to be in, you know, involved in uh, this online presence thing. I mean, I have not done a single online performance yet. I mean, I I got a lot of offers from you know promoters, right? Yes, and, uh, from from uh, you know from India and a lot of people asking me to play and uh, do free concerts. And I said, you know, I'm so sorry, but. I think this is the time I want for myself. Right. Uh, you know, I will come and perform when things are fine and okay. And uh, we have uh, concerts, uh, professional concerts again lined up. That's the time I will come and perform. But I'm not going to present any online things for free. You know, I <laughs> I feel that there are so many... There, There is a... It's a big conflict because there are so many gifts that art gives the world and humanity, but at the same time, we should not expect it of artists. And I don't think at all. It should not at all be expected. Yes. If you're able to sponsor something or offer them, you know, uh, even a right. token or some respect for uh, their time and effort, maybe something nominal also, but then it makes it worthy, you know, it makes it worthwhile of doing it. Yes. But just to be part of the rat race and just to make one's presence felt. And uh, I mean, some people are even practicing live on Facebook. (laughs) I mean, I just find all that terrible. I feel uh, practice is such an individual process. Mm-hmm. Is it is where you don't want anybody around you. I mean, nobody will even knock on my door when I practice. Mm-hmm. Since my childhood, even my parents did. My parents would actually slip in a note. Uh, oh, that sounds wonderful. Uh, because uh, <clears throat> I would just uh, just lose it mm-hmm. if somebody disturbed my creative process. Uh, even as a kid, you know, yeah. only when I'm practicing, not otherwise. Yeah. Well, uh, I was like that one hour or whatever, whenever I'm in my room practicing, God forbid, only if something terrible happens or if there's an emergency, Sure. call me. Otherwise, sure. don't call me for anything lame. I have no time. I, I, so my dad and my mom would slip notes from below the door and uh, I, I, I could see that, you know, it coming. Sure. And when I'm done with Riyaz, I would get up and then I would, he would be like, oh, such and such artist called. You know, there was no cell phones that time. So yeah. So please call him back. He's asking for some concert date. 
or you know he, your friend called or or you know you, uh, you have to take your mom tomorrow somewhere or uh, we have to go for some function tomorrow so <laughs> because i used to stay with my grandpa- grandparents okay uh in my grandmother's place near uh, abaji's institute oh that makes so, sense so that's sure. why you know i could uh, just i had to just walk across the park and his class was there perfect nice so um so they would come to meet me mm-hmm. my parents would come to meet me and by, at my grandparents and i would always be practicing <laughs> so the only way they yeah. could to really talk to me is through that note or if they got lucky and i was not practicing and i'm you know yeah available to talk because there were no cell phones in those days i i miss that i i i miss not having a cell phone to distract me and when i practice now i'm i'm very i use it for a metronome sometimes but otherwise i'm very purposeful about where my cell phone is because i have found that i um it is the outside world invading the space it's intrusive intrusive yes right i find it very intrusive and people uh, uh, you know especially some apps like whatsapp or messenger people feel um, people feel it's okay uh, to disturb somebody uh, or uh, or to expect a you know a prompt reply or mm. uh, you yeah. know uh, it's uh, that uh, whole uh, thing of giving one space and giving one's privacy to somebody that whole thing has kind of uh you know everything has become so much open in the open <laughs> you know you just walk out of your home and then everybody knows where you are and they right. click photos and post it and there's nothing like privacy anymore and that's uh, i sometimes feel i should have a house in you know somewhere on the hill or on in the countryside where you know i can just practice and then go and play concerts and then go back to my den or something like that that sounds wonderful so i don't know how uh, let's see what uh, life has to offer <laughs> that sounds marvelous <laughs> but you know i would love to kind of work on some project with you where we do some kind of senegalese and tabla and world percussions and uh, you know or i would you know i would love to be part of any of your uh, training sessions where i can come and do you know some kind of a, a small edition on indian tabla or talk about it and you know kind of see if other percussionists can incorporate it and vice versa and awesome you know i would love to uh, you know if you can send me links of other percussion instruments also that i can study i would and i i, I always love to keep studying uh, you know different percussion that world music and all the time you know i will send you some links of this this drumming from senegal sabar drumming um mm-hmm. it's a drumming from one stick and one hand and every note has a word so you wow. can teach it it's like tabla you can teach it with words and uh wow. it's also the sounds so there so there are two things so that each sound has a word like like tabla um but then separately you can be you can play poems so there's a concept of a tasu where there's a poem and then those words are translated to sounds on the drum so wow. 
there are some old um, like origin stories of the country or the people or a place. Um, there's a recipe for the national dish of fish and rice and it's played on the drum. Wow. And uh, so there, it's the only other thing that I, only other drumming style that I know that is similar to that. And um, the, uh, so my friend can call me and tell me something similar to Tabla. It's not as exact, um, but it is, is close. And I think that you would, you would really be interested. So I will definitely send you some things. I would love that. I mean, you know, I, I would love to have a session where I can, you know, talk to you and understand yeah. this system also and about other percussions or any videos you want me to study. I would love to do that, you know. Let's do that. Uh, I really like uh, doing and learning and, uh, you know, trading, in, you know, information and knowledge with uh, people who have also dedicated their life to music. Let's do that. Let's plan on it. <laughs> no, I'm I'm extremely serious, and I okay. I, I hope uh, to learn a lot from you as well. That's very nice. That's that's really nice of you to say. <laughs> no, I, I'm uh, very sincerely. I believe that okay. that there is always so much to learn from each other, and you know, music always keeps one uh, grounded and humbling experience. True. True. And I find the best musicians are those who are humble. Um, yeah, I find that too. Yeah, whenever <laughs> I meet them. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you for having me. And uh, I look forward to a lot many more uh, wonderful musical interactions. Yes. And, and staying in touch with you, Elizabeth. Uh, stay, stay safe. You stay too. Careful, stay home and take <laughs> care of yourself. <laughs> thank you. You as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> Namaste. You have been listening to the Art Lives Podcast. I am truly grateful to Aditya for his wonderful conversation. Right now, we are hearing a recording of Aditya and Pandit Nayan Ghosh performing Raga Jinjoti from their album enchanting sitar. I have posted information and links for Aditya on the Art Lives page for my website, elizabethbailamater.com. Special thanks to Bill Salek, artist Eduardo Moreno, and to composer Nicholas Myers. And as always, thank you so much for listening to Art Lives.